0: welcome to the future of education and now here's your host michael horn
1: welcome 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 to the future of education where we are obsessed with helping all individuals build their passions and fulfill their human potential today's guest is tiffany dudley and i'm going to give a bit less of a bio here because i want tiffany really to tell her own story but in brief She's an educator, she's an education entrepreneur, she's a mom and she's the co-leader of the economic development team at the Black Mothers Forums. Tiffany and I first got to know each other because we were both panelists uh, at a session at a recent education conference. And I was so struck by the work that she was doing that I just wanted to highlight it here on the Future of Education show and have her tell the story because I think it's a powerful narrative into the shift that's starting to happen in education, not just in Arizona, where, where Tiffany lives, but frankly, nationwide. So first, Tiffany, welcome to the show. I, I just appreciate you joining us, and it's good to see you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to be able to join you today. So I was really glad I got that invite to be here with you today. A
1: hundred ten percent. Are you in Arizona today?
0: Yes, I am in Arizona today, enjoying Very the good. weather out here.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, don't make us all feel uh, jealous uh, uh, here in New England. but uh,
0: Yes.
1: So let's start with a little bit of your own background. You you helped uh, found a micro school, as we'll, we'll talk about. But before that, as I recall anyway, you were an educator in a charter school. So I'd, I'd love to hear more of that part of your story of getting into education and the work you were doing in that school.
0: Okay. Well, I kind of accidentally ended up in teaching. My background was uh, a degree in interior design. And I was actually had been a stay-at-home mom for a few years. And happened to attend a mandatory parent meeting at my um, oldest son's school. And at that meeting, they were looking for an aide, a paraprofessional to be inside of the classroom. And so I was like, you know, I've been a stay at home mom for a few years, and this would be a good way to get back into the work field. And the convenience of being able to work at my son's school part time was like perfect. And so I ended up applying and getting the position. And I was not there very long before I realized that how much. I loved being in the classroom and being able to help the students and being able to shape and help guide the kids through their learning process. And what ended up, started out to be like a temporary job, ended up turning into like eight years that I ended up at that charter school. Um, By the end of it, I started as an aide and ended up as the uh, fourth and fifth grade teacher of the classroom because we had dual classrooms.
1: Just tremendous. And, And so your son's enrolled in that charter school, you're teaching at the charter school, Things are going well, if I remember. And then COVID hits. And I'd I'd love to hear what happened and what you started to see.
0: Yeah, once COVID hit, by the time COVID hit, um, all three of my children were attending that um, charter school. And since we were a smaller school, we did shut down for a brief minute, but was able to stay open. But it had a hard time with the numbers and being able to help the families, families having issues with the technology because that's when a lot of families didn't have um, the technology or the Internet capabilities to be able to do online school. So it became just a, a real challenge. And during that time is when I got introduced to uh, Janelle Wood and Deborah Colbert-Green, who are the uh, founder and uh, CEO of Black Mothers Forum, and they were founding and building a microschool. And being on one of their information sessions, I originally thought this would be a good place to place my child because he was having difficulty staying focused and being engaged in the school where he was at. Even though I was a teacher there, I think I was more so a distraction being a teacher there instead. So it um was a very interesting topic to hear more about.
1: Super interesting and I'm just sort of curious like that's a big move, right? I mean, you're any any parent that sends their kid to a school, I think often you say, okay, well they're going to be there until the school sort of runs out of grade levels, they go to the next one and plus you're a teacher there, there's an emotional tie. Uh this is where you work. And so what was happening that you sort of said Gee, you know, we're gonna make the switch and actually start this micro school. Uh, what, what 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 jumped out at you about it?
0: I think it was the autonomy that the children have, where they're more of a participant in their education instead of just a bystander in the background. Um, normally, at how we were taught to teach is that we have information that we give the information to the child, and basically we tell them what they're going to learn and what they're going to do and in what order they're going to do it. But at the micro schools, they had a lot more freedom. They're able to learn through project-based, to take the things that interest them, that they're interested in learning to be able to dive deeper and study into it. The um, very smaller classroom sizes was a big thing. The micro schools have a very short number. This one had a max of 10 kids per classroom. And so being able to be in that space where you, can get the one-on-one help being able to have that autonomy to learn and ask questions and to grow um, at your own pace and that was kind of the things that um, attracted me to the micro schools especially regards to my child because he was having a lot of time hard time focusing he didn't want to be at school he just had lost all interest in learning whatsoever and at home, it would become more like a fight to get him to do his work, to get up in the morning. And it was starting to shift and change the dynamic between the mother and son relationship. Because now when we're not home, I'm still not mommy. I'm still teacher because I'm having to be on him about doing this work. And this is what you have to learn. And so just going through that, I knew that something needed to change. And so when I saw the, um, the micro schools and I was like, this would be, I believe it would be a really good fit for him. And so um, a little bit of fear because it changes big. It The school that he was going to was the only school that he had been to. So he had never been to any other school. And so I was nervous of how he would adjust to the change, but it ended up being such a smooth transition and one of the best transitions he's did. So I was super happy to see how that go.
1: Super interesting. But what's also interesting is it wasn't just him that made the transition. As I understand it, you made the transition as well and helped found the micro school. Tell, tell us about that jump and leap and what that, what, what that meant for you personally and professionally.
0: Right. And it was... But yes, I was at one of the micro schools, one of the um, teachers that was there from the beginning. So from the beginning of his inception, I was there and it was a big jump because this is new. This The micro schools is something that hadn't been done and, you know, organized in such a way. So it was kind of a scary jump to be able to to make that transition. But at the same time, there's also, you know, there's something that needed to be changed. I saw the need to have it changed even in the lives of my own children. And they're not the only ones that I've seen that they need a different approach when it comes to education. And I believe that the micro schools was that approach to be able to take, that it would give that opportunity that we needed to change the dynamics of education, to kind of change that narrative.
1: Super interesting. And, and I'm, I'm curious, do all three of your kids now go to that micro school or how, how has that sh- shaken out?
0: My two youngest one does. My oldest one is just in high school, so they don't have the micro school for his age. But my two youngest children do go. And it has been such a beautiful transition for them just to see them not be so downcasted when it comes to learning. Like, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to do this. So it's no longer a fight to get them to want to do stuff. Now they'll ask questions about things that we're doing in the classroom. And sometimes they'll even take the initiative to dig deeper and learn themselves to come share in the classroom. So that transition has been beautiful and even at home as well. So now I don't have to fight with them to do work as much. So when I go home, I can be just mommy. So it has also improved our relationship as well too. So with both of my children, it took them a little bit to get used to it because they're in the same classroom. So they're around each other all day. And so at first, you would see a lot of the bickering that you do within siblings. But even that itself has started to kind of smooth it out as they mature and as they dive deeper into the learning and asking the questions of things.
1: Wow, that was something I'm taking notes on as a parent of <laughs> twins, uh, That <laughs> where, where I'm always wondering about how that might shake out if they're in the same class. But yes, I, I'm I'm curious, um, because that harmony is something I talk a lot about with parents is like, you don't want to be fighting with your kids about what's going on in school. You want to be their advocate and behind them. It sounds like you were able to make that work and align those things in your personal life on top of the fact that I guess there's been a bunch of policy changes in Arizona that's made micro schools more possible. Yes. So I'm, I'm curious, sort of what's the state of micro schools more broadly in Arizona and Uh, the current context of the micro school, you know, how many students are there? Um, How's it going? So sort of today, as we've really emerged on the other side of uh, at least the pandemic piece of COVID.
0: Right. And definitely in Arizona, they do make it a lot easier to have the micro schools out with the laws that are already in place and the support with school choice that's out here. And so our micro schools are able to to grow and expand a lot easier and be formed. Um, Our current micro schools will go up to 10 students per classroom. And we normally have two coaches inside of each classroom. So there's a one to five ratio when it comes with the kids. And so, that in itself creates that harmony that you were speaking of. When you're in a setting where you really get to know the people around you, you really get to know your teacher, you really get to know your other classmates, you become comfortable and they almost come become like a little bit of a family, like little cousins that they call each other. And so just them feeling that safe and comfortable in an environment tends to drop down their defenses. And so they're not all defensive or guarded all day. You know, being on your guard all day is kind of exhausting. And when children live in that state of guardedness, I don't know what's going to happen, um, especially coming from post pandemic, because there are so many changes. And so mentally and emotionally, they're all guarded. But when they're in an environment that they feel safe, where they feel secure, where they feel protected, being in that environment, uh, really helped my children be able to feel safe, especially being in an environment with the Black Mothers Forum, where they were able to see guys and other students that looked like them as well.
1: It seems incredibly powerful, and 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 I guess I, it's where I want to go next, right? Is shifting into this more macro work you do with the Black Mothers Forum as well. Um, why, why don't you actually tell us about that organization first and, and, and the work you're, you you do there before we sort of get into the connection with your education journey?
0: Okay, yeah. The Black Mothers Forum, their mission is to educate, organize, and take action. And in this regard, it relates to school. There was a lot of issues that the mothers, there were just, just mothers at the time, were seeing that was going on in the education system, just injustices, the things that were going on. And so they were advocating for these families, trying to help them going to school, boards and going to the meetings and stuff to advocate for parents whose children were being um, unjustly treated in the classroom and by administration. And so within that work, they kept coming together, coming together. And then Black Mothers Forum was created to form to help go for advocacy is how it started. But as the years went by and they're still working in this fight to get the same treatment for all children that it turned into a space that, like, you know, maybe what we're looking for and what we're needing is not there. Maybe we have to create that environment. And so that's when the ideal of the um, creating the school was was born and kind of COVID kind of helped shift those things with the emergence of these micro schools. And that's kind of how the micro schools were formed in that need. And so the micro schools are targeted to help our black and brown children because in Arizona, we tend to see those statistics or those are the ones that tends to fall in those cracks. And so those are the ones that need a lot of help. They need a lot of love and attention.
1: So it's, it's interesting, right? If I understand it, because essentially the black mothers forum exists to, Take action to make sure that there's these avenues for these micro schools or other such interventions, right that yes. create pathways, if you will for 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 the young to really allow them to flourish in many ways and and when you're describing having a school environment where kids can let down their guard, they don't have to be on their defensive self, where they can see role models that look like them, and so forth uh, and and really make that identification. Uh, and then be picking work that's meaningful to them to learn the various standards and so forth. Uh, it 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 seems like in many ways that's uh, culmination is probably the wrong word, but but sort of it, it, it's it's a great manifestation of the work that Black Mothers Forum uh, is doing to make something really tangible that parents can opt into. Is that sort of the theory of change? How, to, how and and where do you see it going um, as as this continues to play out?
0: Well, I see, see them growing a lot. The need, especially post-COVID, the need for something smaller or the need for change has been driven to the forefront just by society itself wanting to see some kind of change. I think the eyes were opened of all that teachers do and what is required when a lot of the kids had to stay home when that pandemic hit and so a lot of parents and stuff are seeing what's going on specifically with their child cuz a lot of parents didn't really get eyeballs in the classroom so to say to see how their children processes through work and covid kind of allowed that so coming out of that we are seeing a more demand of a need for change and it can it can change in a different way so i see it growing tremendously
1: so it 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 strikes me that you're really empowering parents then to be able to make a choice and not feel like that they're at the mercy of the quote unquote system and that they have these personalized options. I'm curious, you get to talk to the families who are enrolling in the micro school. Is that the motivation that they bring or, or what sort of drives them to find this?
0: Um, I think most of it is just the need for the child to feel safe. Cause a lot of times when people come to us, they, they tried all the avenues that they know how to try. They tried working with teachers. They tried working with administration. They've tried moving to different schools and they just can't find the right fit that they're looking for for their child. And a lot of times they often don't know exactly what it is. They just know that what I'm in right now is not working and I need to change something. I need to do something else. And so when we come here, they're just looking for something. And what they don't know is a place where we can look at the child, the whole child holistically, and not just the academic portion of the child. Um, A lot of schools, they really just focus on the academic portion. Are they learning the standards? Are they learning the curriculum? But they don't really get a chance to look at the whole child holistically. Like, are you emotionally okay? Are you physically okay? Like, what is wrong with you in general? And Oftentimes, when you have 30 kids in one classroom, there just isn't time for you to be able to do that or form those kind of bonds that the children at that age kind of need.
1: So it's fascinating on so many levels, because what you're describing, I think, mirrored the research that we did around why parents switch their kids school. And one of the big reasons is like the current place, like it's just not going in a good direction. I need that escape valve and something is going to be better than what it is now and so they're making that leap to sort of get out of a bad situation in many cases and it seems like your answer in many ways is this this more personalized feel and as we wrap up here the the last question i'm curious is you know for you as an educator right having been an aid taught in a more conventional uh school and so forth now you move to this environment where you get this incredibly nice uh, student-teacher ratio. You get to do the projects. You're following the interests of the kids. You're getting to attend to the whole child. What was hard about that transition, or what have you learned? Maybe is the better question. Out of that transition for you professionally, that you might not have expected when you got into teaching originally.
0: Mm, what did? Uh, it was a whole lot of things that came out of this transition. Number one is how I didn't realize how lacking it was until I got out of the environment to be able to just noticing how the children react now um if a child came in and not a good mood or something like that. How you treated it at a public school is very different than how I can treat it now. Well, before, you know, you still have to come in You're, I see you're looking different than normal, but you still have to come in. You still have to sit down. You still have to get to work. And if things are not going well, then I send you to a nurse or I send you to a counselor or I send you somewhere else. But here, when a child comes in, I'm like, the first thing I ask is, are you okay? Or do you want to talk about it? Or do you want to journal it? Because they have their own journals. And so let have them let it out. And over time, they start talking and they start sharing. And you're almost like a counselor or just a listening ear, so to say. But that student-teacher relationship shifts a lot. And so that was one that I was not expecting. But I do love how beautiful it looks when it comes. Because when a child fully feels comfortable and lets down all their guards, watching them blossom is just so beautiful when you see that curiosity and that and that passion ignited once again to be able to see their eyes of a wonder that open up when we're doing experiments and things like that. It is so wonderful to be able to see that light bulb turn on in children again. And so that was one thing that I was not expecting to see come out of it is that that closeness relationship. Not only do they open up, but I open up a lot too about what my passions are. Um, also the work that I do with the economic development team of Black Mothers Forum, I'm able to share that in the classroom as well too, teaching them how they run their own businesses. How to, you know, how economics and how finances work—something that they typically won't get in elementary school in class—but able to kind of incorporate that in as well.
1: That's powerful, I, and and it just it, it occurs to me that in 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 many ways, you know, you're sort of illustrating the truth that we know from the research, which is that when you're on your defensiveness, when you're sort of everything's coming at you, the ability to be curious or creative or inventive. It's just not there. But once you create that safe space, you open everything up. So I, I lied, I guess, one more question, which is oh, yes. you, you get to speak to, you know, if, if you're speaking to parents right around the country, around the world, who are trying to figure out how to unlock those opportunities for their kids, what's, what's your biggest piece of advice to them as they go on this journey advocating for their children?
0: Is to just keep speaking up. A lot of times we see parents get very discouraged as they're trying to look and trying to fall in other alternatives and things is just to keep speaking up. Oftentimes we find that in our children as well, too, when they come to the micro schools, they don't know how to speak up for themselves. So you ask them questions and they don't know how to respond because they're so used to being silenced. Or used to not being listened to. And we see that reflecting in a lot of parents, too. It's just to just keep searching, keep advocating, keep speaking up. There are options. And now more and more you see more of these micro schools popping up, more of these different different ideas in traditional schools popping up everywhere. And just to keep looking and keep speaking and uh, speaking out and keep advocating for your child.
1: It's a super powerful message. You are a super inspiring example of living it thank you. in multiple <laughs> facets of your life. Uh, <laughs> thank At least three that I can count, and uh, I just I, I d- deeply appreciate the work that you're doing and and the pathways that you're opening up uh, for youth. And uh, thank you for joining us in the future of education.
0: Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here. It has been a pleasure to be here with you today.
1: We'll uh, we'll stay tuned for more from you and everyone watching. I hope you enjoy this and stay tuned for more from the future of education. We'll be back next time.